from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. Whether you have banking problems, marriage problems, <laughs> um, food problems, you tip, everybody comes to the church. All the things that we've ever done um, with the nonprofit have been based in that. Like, like how do people change their lives? And um, usually it starts with uh, work. You know, we hear about the unrest in Ferguson, but we never hear about the good things. And so this will kind of give, give a different narrative, and we talk about that a lot. You know, we just wanted to live right. I'm Sarah Fenske. A $16 million construction project is set to break ground tomorrow. The project will take a long, vacant plaza that once held a schnooks and transform it into a multi-use center that includes a bank, a church, an early childhood center, a workforce development center, and more. The site is in Delwood. It's just one mile north of the Ferguson apartment complex where Michael Brown was killed. And joining us today with more on their plans for the property are the two married pastors behind this development. Beverly and Ken Jenkins are co-pastors of the Refuge and Restoration Church. And Pastor Ken Jenkins is also chairman of the board of directors of the nonprofit organization Refuge and Restoration. So Pastor Ken Jenkins, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. And Pastor Beverly Jenkins is also CEO of the nonprofit Refuge and Restoration. So Pastor Beverly Jenkins, welcome. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. So Pastor Beverly, this site has been vacant for a long time. Yeah. What first drew you to it? Oh, wow. Um, well, passing by it every day, um, I think is a natural draw that um, my husband's family all lives in the uh, Ferguson, Delwood area. And so this is it's natural for us to see this we got a firsthand vision of seeing it uh, become a uh, vacant property. So we were like, wow, what, what could happen there? What are the possibilities? And so, Pastor Ken, for you, um, you go all the way back to remembering the schnooks on site and that pulling out. Yeah, actually, uh, my parents live, they're deceased now, but they live right around the corner mm-hmm. within, you know, less than a half a mile. We would walk up there, and uh, and my brother and sister-in-law still live in Dalewood down the street, and so I've got cousins behind the plaza. So it was a place that we frequented, um, you know, quite often. So we saw it when it was full, and we saw it, uh, you know, when the tenants began to leave. So when the tenants began to leave, did you have the sense we often have in the city, okay, this place is closing, somebody else is going to move in? You know, we were a bit younger and so I don't think we even thought that way, mm. you know, and unfortunately, often in our communities, stuff leave all the time. So you don't think much about it. It's kind of like, part of well, life. yeah, there's something else that's leaving. Yeah. So when did you get to the sense where you're like, hey, this has been going on a long time. Somebody needs to do something about this. And that somebody is us. Yeah. So probably about uh, seven years ago. So we just really um, kind of locked in on some plans of like what what could what could the possibilities be um, within our community, and really it was the thought of generally what is missing, what's been disinvested. Um, that's really a need for the community to have uh, upward mobility, um, just 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 good stuff, you know, in the community. And so um, that's where we started writing out the plans. We just joined um, together with our planning team and said, hey, let's hash this out and see what, what the possibilities could be. And so to get a better sense of, of we, who's yeah. all involved in yeah. this, um, you started your nonprofit, Refuge and Restoration. This was in 1999. Yeah. And what was the idea there? 
Yeah, so back then, um, we were actually uh, youth pastors in the city. And so uh, we started out of our church. It was Union Tabernacle Church that we started in, and we were doing transitional housing for men who had been formerly incarcerated. And so we did that for probably about four and a half, five years. And um, that was more of like a workforce development-centered um, kind of a system that we had put in place there for those guys who were saying, hey, I want to start my life over. I want to do something different. So all the things that we've ever done um, with the nonprofit have been based in that. Like, like how do people change their lives? And um, usually it starts with uh, work, um, workforce, uh, change of you know, entrepreneurship. All those things come into play when people are trying to reinvest and reinvent their lives. And so you had this nonprofit going, and mm-hmm. then you guys ended up leaving Union Tabernacle. Yeah. And you started your own thing. This is something that started, I understand, in a house. Uh, What happened there? So, yeah, we started (laughs) in our uh, family room with four people. Yeah. and uh, That's a very small church right there. Yeah, very small (laughs) church. Actually, we didn't even consider it a church. We were doing like a Bible study group. We call it cell groups. And it was really for the purpose of getting together and just kind of walking through the scriptures together. And so that's kind of how we started. And uh, we had no big plans or no big dreams. Uh, our desire was just simply to serve the Lord and um, and be what we felt like God was calling us to be. So, yeah, none of this was in our hearts or, you know, we, we, we uh, you know, we just wanted to live right and yeah. raise our children and and, um, and have a good life together. And uh, we figured that, you know, following the Lord in a real way would impact our marriage, our family, and everything. And so you're meeting with some people who felt the same way, mm-hmm. um, having these these Bible studies and meeting together and, and yeah. worshiping. How did that end up leading to, you know what, this is a church. Like, we need to we need to make this a little more organized here. One day we looked out the window, and the whole cul-de-sac had cars all around. I bet your neighbors loved <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, people just kept coming. You know, we made it a point not to tell anybody. Like, we were like, we're not going to promote a church. We're not going to do that. But people kept coming. They kept coming. And so we started in our family room. Then we went into, we have a sunroom. We had to move there. And then uh, we had to go into the basement of our house. And eventually we're like, okay, the basement's not big enough. So we had to find a place, you know, to go to. And so that's, it just kept People just kept coming. And you took for the the church that you ended up formally founding once you finally got to that point, you took the mm-hmm. same name that you'd been using for the nonprofit. Did you see those things as linked, sort of the the work you were doing out in the world and then the work you were doing with your faith? Yeah, I'm, I'm, we, we know they are linked, but I don't think that we thought through that um, like, you know, in like a real congruent, congruent way. We just were like, You just wow, had a good yeah. name. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we just, we love it. <laughs> Refuge Restoration. We're like, who doesn't need that, you know? We're yeah. like, every, and so we, we always use the tagline that everybody needs a little R&R. So, <laughs> yeah, so that's just how we saw it. So then did you have to go through a, a big construction process or, or um, you know, as you're moving this church out of your house, you must have been busting at the seams. Yeah, no. So what's been really wonderful for us in St. Louis is that we have um, lots of wonderful uh, pastor partners who have given us space. Like we, they've, we've always leased other space from other churches. Um, and then our church actually happens during the week in homes. So prior to COVID, um, everything was happening during the week inside of people's houses. And then we, we would come together on Sundays. Sunday looks a lot like everybody else's church service, but the pastors that we're friends with would always lend us space for Sunday morning worship. So we've been very blessed in that way. And so with these plans for mm-hmm. this this plaza, yeah. does that change that? 
Yeah, it, it, it will give us a permanent location. So our church will have a permanent location, and then the nonprofit also. All the arms of the nonprofit will have a permanent location. A lot of the things that we've worked on over the years, except for early childhood, are things that we have um, always done under the nonprofit. Um, so now we'll have a space to do every single thing that we've ever thought of, um, and then hopefully more um, to come, right, yeah. in the same space. And so that's a, that's a, that's a blessing to us. So I mentioned at the, at the very beginning of this conversation a few of the things that are on site, mm-hmm. but walk us through what are some of the things you're most excited about? You know, it's, uh, you know, of course, from, you know, the church, it's, it's pretty cool to be in a space now that we can gather together and, and leverage those relationships. I think I tell people this all the time. In a black community, the church is the initial touch point for everybody. Mm-hmm. Whether you have banking problems, marriage problems, <laughs> um, food problems, util- everybody comes to the church. So which will be neat is we get that, and so people trust us. And so in our community, there's been a lot of trauma and distrust with large institutions, whether it's hospitals and banks. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that the millennials are least likely to trust a bank, even than our, our myself and our, our parents. Mm-hmm. And so... What happens in this relationship with us being pastors in community, living in a community, people trust us where we can connect people to these services and resources that they need. So, uh, so we'll have the Early Childhood Learning Center. We'll have the bank there. We'll have the uh, co-working space entrepreneur center there. We'll have our uh, workforce development center. We will have a um, sort of a uh, health center that addresses the addiction recovery issues from opioid addiction as well as behavioral health issues. Um, We'll have uh, community partners there alongside of our church. They'll provide um, uh, resources for uh, the food insecurities that exist in our community. Uh, We'll have a behavioral health network there as another partner. Am I missing? It's, it's yeah. all kind of stuff. It's all kind of It's a yeah. lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is Theater. a very yeah. ambitious plan here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so needed. You know, yeah. it's just, it's just like so. Theater will be there as well. Yeah. So that's the arts. We're we're really excited about the arts bringing. Um, the arts into the community again um, we kind of want it to be a, we, we love it to be a North County Renaissance kind of like the Harlem Renaissance you know like bring the arts back in a in a real full way um, where the young people can see it not only as a form of entertainment but even as far as um, that this could be a career pathway that this is something that I could pursue you know that's as well. so great yeah, yeah really but I, I did use the word ambitious there this yeah. is ambitious <laughs> it is. and it is. you mentioned disinvestment I mean historically mm-hmm. banks have not wanted to lend to any big projects in this part of town yeah and here you're doing something that this is not out there to make somebody a ton of money this is there to really help people yeah. was it hard to get the financing you needed for this yeah <laughs> in a word, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. We're still, we're still working on that. So we're, we but are you're breaking we're still, ground. We're, we're breaking ground. That's right. That's right. We, um, I, th- I think what happens is, is that, and this is the goal of this. This is what part of our mission is, is that we are investing so that then others can see that it's worthy of the investment. So um, it's taken a lot. Um, there are definitely um, we have really good. Uh, what I consider to be uh, private equity donors, people who are interested in um, the forward movement, but then also in bringing equity to a community that has been disinvested in. So we're we're really excited about that. That's this has got to be um, at, we consider like a it's definitely a grassroots um, movement, mm-hmm. but um, 
St. Louis has been really good to us. We, we've, we've really had some really good moments, and then we've had some really learning moments as well. Um, so it's, it's been a lot, but, but we're, we're, we feel like we're on the right course. We know I mean, we are. You'd mentioned earlier this has sort of been a seven-year process it once has. you yeah. got serious about this. So that yeah. was a big part of, of just trying to make things pencil out. And, and yeah. 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 And develop the relationships. I mean, it's taken a long time. We, we are not a known entity. We are not, um, we're, we don't have a large backing or, you know, or, or we're not a large institution. So, um, so St. Louis takes a little bit of time to warm up to you. Um, that's just our town. Yeah. And uh, that's the way it is. And so we're hoping that um, when they see the groundbreaking and they understand that this is worthy of the investment, that more people will come forward and say, hey, I want to be a part of this. I wanna, How much I more investment um, will mm-hmm. you need to get this across the finish line? So um, our gap on the phase one is about $2.8 million. Okay. And then on the phase two, there's about $5.7. Okay. So, yeah. so you're starting with a pretty good, uh, you know, pretty good yeah. base, but you do need to to bring yeah. it across that finish line. We've got to do it. And, yeah. and this is why what we're doing today is so important because a lot of people, we were quiet about this. Mm-hmm. Like we weren't public. We didn't, and the reason for it, we didn't want to get the community excited and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Right. So we just kind of kept working, kept working, kept working. And then finally we felt like the Lord was releasing us Last year during COVID, and it was odd because we're thinking, we're praying about this, and we're like, now? Right. You know, and, right. <laughs> and so, you know, we went public yeah. uh, at the height of COVID last year, and uh, and God just continued to amaze us. It's, it's like people, and I think, too, because the social determinants of health were being discussed nationally, mm-hmm. this project addresses all of them. And we didn't know that intentionally. Mm-hmm. We just saw the needs in our community and began to work on this. And so it just happened to align what, really, what COVID did was reveal to the world everything we already knew was yeah. happening in our community. Mm-hmm. And so uh, God knew we didn't know that this was perfect timing to go public and begin to share this vision and this story. And uh, it's, it's really, really been amazing uh, to see, you know, people begin to, uh, even more people gravitate to it, like mm-hmm. tomorrow the groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. The whole community is going to be out there. Really? They are That's wonderful. super excited. We can't wait. We talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest blessings that we talk about is how the picture, mm-hmm. you know, of seeing, you know, the community, seeing black and white, wealthy, not so wealthy, you know, people from all walks of life coming together to tell a different story, mm-hmm. you know, for our community. You know, we hear about the unrest in Ferguson, but we never hear about the good things. And so this will kind of give give a different narrative, and we talk about that a lot. Mm-hmm you know, the different story that will be told because of this. Yeah, and it is exciting to hear about these plans. I mean, it just sounds like this is going to be amazing. I have to ask, though, and I hate to be that journalist with the dose of, of terrible reality in the middle of all this this excitement. So this plaza has now been vacant for 18 years. Just yeah. how much work do these buildings need? I mean, are they in bad shape on the inside? Well, I mean, I think with anything that's been um, vacant for a long time, um, but we just were out there today, so we can give you a little bit of good news. Yeah. It's not as bad as we thought it was going to be. Hey. So, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to go through a full, uh, what they consider to be white boxing. So we'll we'll have a full scope, full clean out, full demo that'll take place. But um, from what our developers are saying, it's not as bad as we thought it was going to be. So so we're, we're really, it's yeah. promising. Yeah. Well, that's we, we look forward to that. You guys have some <laughs> Friends in high places, I think, helping you on this project. We do. We do. We do. So your plan is you're hoping to get the first phase open next year already. Does that seem realistic at this point, knowing yeah. what you now know? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. You know, and, you know, we started this thing with faith. We're going to continue in faith. 
our belief is that we can have it all completely done next year and uh, be ready to go and move in. We just, we've seen so many miraculous things and so many wonderful people. So, you know, we got big faith. We, we just believe God. And so we're believing that we're going to get it all done seamlessly and, and be able to. Sometimes we make our uh, developers nervous. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I like they that. Actually, you got to keep them nervous. I think they've bought in, though, yeah. now. They're, they're, they're in the buy-in. Yeah. They're like, well, we're, we're, we're going to be done. I'm like, yeah, we're okay. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, so, so there's, there's two phases to it, though. There are two phases to the uh, construction, but um, we hope to, by the fall, of 2022, um, being at least uh, most parts of the building. Wow. I wish you the best on that. And uh, Pastor Beverly Jenkins, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. And Pastor Ken Jenkins, thank you. Thank you for having us. This episode was produced by Alex Hoyer with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.